1: behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
2: From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Kate Wolf in San Francisco. Authorities say it appears the Orange County shooter acted alone, and this was an isolated incident. KPCC's Robert Garova has more.
3: The shooter's been identified as 68-year-old David Cho of Las Vegas, a Chinese-American citizen who drove to the Geneva Presbyterian on Sunday and made his way to a hall where several dozen people, members of a Taiwanese congregation, were attending a luncheon. Orange County Sheriff Don Barnes says Cho chained the doors and tried to jam the locks with glue, and he hid two bags, one with Molotov cocktails and one with extra ammunition. Barnes says after Cho opened fire, a local doctor, 52-year-old Dr. John Chang, charged him and was fatally shot. Without the actions of Dr. Chang, it is no doubt that there would be numerous additional victims in this crime. Five other people ranging in age from 66 to 92 were wounded in the shooting. Barnes says this was a politically motivated hate incident, and Cho, who's Chinese-American, was apparently motivated by hatred of Taiwanese people.
2: The FBI has opened a federal hate crime investigation into the attack. We get that part of the story from KPCC's Josie Huang.
4: Law enforcement officials said suspected gunman David Zhou left behind evidence of hating Taiwanese people, including notes in his car. All the victims were of Taiwanese descent, shot while congregating at a Presbyterian church in Laguna Woods. Zhou reportedly lived in Taiwan when he was young and indicated that he was not treated well there, according to the Orange County Sheriff. The targeting of a Presbyterian church was quickly noted by scholars who follow relations between China and Taiwan, which the mainland considers a breakaway province. Lev Nachman of the Harvard Fairbank Center for China Studies says the Presbyterian Church is known for supporting the pro-independence movement in Taiwan.
3: When Taiwanese began to flee to the United States, established Taiwanese uh, Presbyterian churches that became these community centers for the independence cause in the United States.
4: Scholars warned, though, against extrapolating a political narrative from a single tragedy. Jessica Drunn, who's with the Atlantic Council's Global China Hub, says a Taiwan versus China framing can fan xenophobia that is rampant in right-wing circles. How do you frame this debate in a way that doesn't spill over and harm the broader AAPI community. Drone points out Asian Americans have already seen a rise in violent attacks in recent years. For the California Report, I'm Josie Huang in Laguna Woods.
2: California's nonpartisan Legislative analyst Office says the state could be headed toward a fiscal cliff, despite a record-breaking budget surplus. Governor Gavin Newsom announced a $97.5 billion surplus on Friday when he unveiled his revised state budget. But in a report released yesterday, the LAO says the proposed budget would leave the state more than $3 billion over a constitutional limit on spending this year and more than $20 million over that limit next year. The Legislative analyst Office is strongly urging lawmakers to put more money into savings, but the Newsom administration says many of the programs funded in the spending plan don't require recurring funding. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzerotti says, while Newsom argues the new budget proposal will provide direct relief to California residents dealing with rising prices, some wonder if pumping more money into the economy could make inflation even worse.
0: Newsom says the centerpiece of the revised budget plan he unveiled on Friday is aimed at lowering costs. High inflation, record inflation, at least in our lifetimes, the challenges and burdens associated with costs across the spectrum. What are we going to do to ease that stress, ease that burden? Newsom's answer is sending $400 debit cards to vehicle owners, and Democrats in the legislature want to do something similar with smaller checks targeted towards low-income residents. The problem, says James Wilcox, professor at Berkeley's Haas School of Business, is that rising prices are due in part to huge consumer demand. And the governor is now proposing To provide another $18 billion to Californians so that they can spend it. Wilcox says the relief checks will provide tangible benefits to residents, but... This is just going to boost demand further. Newsom says rising costs are factoring into the state's spending plans in future years, but for now... Offsetting the cost burden in this state to millions of working families, I think is wise because of those inflationary burdens. And no, I do not believe in the macro. It will have a significant impact. The governor and the legislature will now negotiate a final spending plan ahead of a June 15th deadline. For The California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati.
2: A judge in Los Angeles has ruled that California cannot legally require corporations to have women members of their boards of directors. The ruling invalidates a law passed in 2018, SB 826, which said by this year, companies had to have at least two women on boards of five members and at least three women on boards of six or more. Here's KQED's Nina Thorson.
5: In the three years since the law took effect, the number of women on company boards in California has more than doubled. Former State Senator Hannah Beth Jackson wrote the bill, and she told KQED's political breakdown last year.
6: Boards, particularly men on boards, are conceding that adding women has really helped the discussion, the perspective, and the ultimate productivity of their companies.
5: It's just that we've had to require this. Although a conservative legal group brought this challenge to the law, former Governor Jerry Brown acknowledged when he signed the bill that it raised legal issues. But, he said, it was important to send a message of inclusion. There's no word yet on whether the state will appeal the ruling. For the California Report, I'm Nina
2: Thorson. California is hoping to reach carbon neutrality by 2045, and the state is looking to diversify and expand renewable energy projects to meet that goal. One major source of carbon-free energy could come from floating offshore wind turbines. The California Energy Commission earlier this month released a draft target for the amount of wind energy the state would need to help reach its goals. From KCBX, Benjamin Perper reports.
6: There's a lot of excitement in San Luis Obispo County around offshore wind coming to the area someday. But some residents worry about what developing the waters off Morro Bay could do to the marine ecosystem.
3: I lived in Ventura when we had a lot of whales over time being hit by ships going through the channel. And I wonder how their migratory and their feeding patterns are going to be assessed.
6: That's Leslie Purcell, a local environmentalist speaking during the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management's public comment on a site survey assessment of the wind energy area.
3: This is a real consideration in terms of siting
6: And whales aren't the only concern. There's also fish. Alan Allward with the Morro Bay Commercial Fishermen's Organization called for a more thorough assessment of whether fish landings and his livelihood could take a hit. If you can't
0: catch fish or can't catch anywhere near as much fish during the site survey, then you have
6: impacts beginning at the site survey, and that will move along on down the road. Kristen Hislop with the Environmental Defense Center said that given how new this technology is to the West Coast, it's still unclear exactly how offshore wind turbines could change the ocean itself.
2: Renewable
1: energy um, is important for us to achieve our climate goals, but we need to move forward with careful consideration of how this industrialization of our coast and ocean will impact
6: the environment and adjacent communities. The Morro Bay Wind Energy Area could eventually generate a huge amount of energy for California, but it's not the only project like this in the state. There's also a Humboldt County Wind Energy Area planned for the waters off Northern California. And the Energy Commission's goal is for all the state's future offshore wind turbines to produce 3 gigawatts of offshore wind energy, which the commission says is enough to power about 3 million average California homes by 2030.
5: And then even more so, they put in place a target of getting to 20 gigawatts uh, by 2050.
6: That's Laura Dehan with a nonprofit Environment California. She says she shares local environmental concerns, but she also says that amount of energy is too big to pass up on. And she's confident that new technologies and industry accountability will help minimize any disruption to the ecosystem.
5: We've got to protect nature while also transitioning away from, from the dirty energy that is wreaking havoc on nature with the climate crisis crisis. crisis that's underway right now.
6: Dehan says the potential of offshore wind energy is really exciting, especially with San Luis Obispo County's Diablo Canyon nuclear power plants planned decommissioning in a few years.
5: This first draft goal is a really great sign for where the state's headed, and we're hopeful that the public can weigh in and speak up in support of California taking this big next step.
6: Anyone who wants to weigh in can do so at the CEC's upcoming offshore wind workshop on Wednesday. For The California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper in San Luis Obispo.
2: Last month, two Fresno council members announced a new pilot program that would equip street vendors' carts with cameras. This effort comes a year after the murder of street vendor Lorenzo Perez. KVPR's Maddie Bolaños caught up with two vendors
5: to see if they feel safer on city streets. Miguel Ruiz is scraping ice to make a raspado or snow cone from the ice chest on his cart. It's a Friday afternoon, and students at Lane Elementary School in southeast Fresno are getting out of class. A young boy asks Ruiz for two snow cones. ¿De Which ones, he asks. Vanilla, the boy says. Nearly 30 years ago, Ruiz arrived in Fresno from Guadalajara, Jalisco, in Mexico. He worked in the fields for 10 years before giving street vending a shot. When he first started selling, he said it was rough.
6: The first
5: years were difficult because there was so much violence, robberies, and insults, he says. People would throw things at him as he peddled through the streets. He says the harassment lightened up for him over the years, but street vendors in Fresno have remained especially vulnerable. What he never expected was to hear another street vendor, Lorenzo Perez, murdered in the same neighborhood he works in. Ruiz says he never takes a day off, but after hearing the news, he took an entire week to process his co-worker's death. It could have been him, he says. Soon after, Fresno City Council members reached out to him and a few other vendors to start the Fresno Mobile Food Vendor Association. Council member Miguel Arias says it's meant to help vendors file business taxes or apply for business licenses. Now, Arias and Council member Luis Chavez are testing out a pilot program that will attach Rubik's cube-sized cameras onto street vendor carts. Ruiz says both the business license and the cameras make him feel safer.
6: Que es eso también, que
5: he feels like that's helped, too. People don't try to rob him because they see the camera, and it does work, he says. Right now, 20 street vendors are trying out the new cameras. Arias says the goal is to equip all 200 vendors in the city of Fresno through funding from the Small Business Initiative.
6: These are by far the most vulnerable retail vendors that we have in the city, and they're simply trying to survive. And provide for their families so that's why it's critical that we protect their safety and ensure that they can engage in the you know economy
5: just two blocks north of lane elementary armando franco's cart sits outside a residential home he's slicing corn and placing the kernels into a cup with mayonnaise cheese and some peppered chile in the 13 years he's worked as a street vendor, he says he's been attacked and robbed more times than he can remember. But since the camera was installed in his cart, he says it's already stopped a group of men from robbing him. He heard them talking amongst themselves in English. They were planning to punch him and then run with the food, he says. But then he heard them say they saw the camera. But despite this incident, Franco says he doesn't think the camera is all that useful. (laughs) City council members told him it's recording. But for him, it's not working because it has to be able to connect to a phone with internet. He says he'd feel safer if the camera came with an alarm that could alert the police of an assault or robbery. In the meantime, Franco says he now carries pepper spray and a taser to defend himself. For The California Report, I'm Madi Bolaños in Fresno.
2: And that's The California Report for Tuesday, May 17th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Kate Wolf. Thanks for listening.
0: Support for The California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford HealthCare alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at TheSchmidt.org.
4: That's right, a dollar and ninety nine cents. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading
5: Hi there. I'm Ramdhab Defetdaaf from ThruLine.